Get ready, it's time for Motorsports Madness, powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Jacob Seelman. Oh, hi. I'm home. It's nice to be back in this building. So, good evening, race fans, and welcome to another two hours of Motorsports Madness here on the Performance Motorsports Network. My name is Jacob Seelman. I am, firstly, very happy to be back on this show. Secondly, I am very happy to be back on this show in this room inside the Race City USA PMN Studios here in Mooresville, North Carolina. And thirdly, I am excited because, good grief, I just got back from the Chili Bowl, and it was a whole lot of fun that we're going to talk about over the next two hours at various points. I am joined at the roundtable by Race Chaser Online senior editor, boss, lead cohort in crime. I, I, I don't know. Do I need any more descriptions for Tom Baker? Do, do we have any more descriptions for you? I think you better quit while you're in, on the same lap. Yeah, fair enough. And joined via the Race Chaser Skype line by both James Pike and Cisco Scaramuza. James from the beautiful locale of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, home of Bowman Gray Stadium. And Cisco from, what, Butler University? Did I get that the right? The snow-locked Butler University. <laughs> because we just got four inches of it today. Oh, oh the humanity. Yeah. Four inches. <laughs> We had almost five feet over Christmas up in central New York when I was there. And uh, the last day I was there, got a foot and a half overnight and went to school the next day. In other words, Cisco, shut up and stop complaining. Yeah. I mean, I'm from Chicago, so I should be used to this. <laughs> yeah, really. Fair enough. On Can that we talk note, racing now? Absolutely. And we are going to start talking racing with breaking news. I just wanted to say breaking news in a cool voice. Uh, okay, you, you did it. Continue. <laughs> the Wood Brothers have acquired the usage of a charter. This is the same charter, coincidentally, that they leased from Go Fast Racing for the 2017 season that brought Ryan Blaney to the playoffs. Only now, Tom, the Wood Brothers have entered into a partnership with Archie St. Hilaire that grants them full operating control, end quote, of a charter for the 2018 season. That could mean a lot of things. We don't really know specifically what it means yet, other than the 21 has a charter, period. That's what we know. Could mean a lot of things. There could be basically double speak for absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, basically what we know is that it's pretty much the same as before, except maybe this time... The 32 team gets some sort of, hey, if you got any questions, give us a call, you know, and maybe, we'll you, you know, maybe a little less money or something. We don't really know. It's, it was a very vague press release, and I found the even the supporting statements in the PR to be very Unusual. interestingly worded. So <laughs> we don't really know what the details are, but here's the good news. It's none of our business. The point is that uh, Paul Menard has a charter. You almost said Ryan Blaney. I almost Blaney. said Ryan Blaney. <laughs> we'll talk about Ryan later on. Um, he was uh, the subject of a lot of hilarity on Twitter over the weekend. But um, Paul Menard has a charter now, and I would assume that the 32 team at minimum has a little bit of cash in their pocket, and probably a lot of support from the 21, which is getting a lot of support from Team Penske. So that can only Ding. be a good thing for, you know, 
Matt uh, De Benedetto, Matt or De Burrito, uh, Matt De Burrito. That's what I was trying to think of Matt yes. De Burrito and uh, and the Go Fast team. And I think uh, you know I'd love to see them take a step forward. Teams like that and and Front Row Motorsports. Uh, Teams like those teams are teams that seriously try, James Pike, to actually do the best they can with the limited amount of resources that they have every year. And it appears from all I've learned about Front Row lately that they are taking a significant step forward in the amount of technical support they're getting from Roush Fenway Racing. And so if the 32 is getting any kind of real support from Wood Brothers racing here via Team Penske, then that can only be good things for them as well. Yeah, uh, I still haven't generally figured out where I sit on this whole ordeal in a macro view because I suppose your end game with this, because this is not the first time something like this has happened, and we keep on seeing this happen over and over again. You see some of the smaller teams on the grid team up with, you know, the Roush Fenways, the RCRs, the Hendricks, the Team Penske's, and so on and so forth. Uh, and so, yeah, they definitely get more resources. And you would think in the interim that it would make them more competitive coming into this season. Uh, but you also end up with a situation where you may have something, I don't know if it would be directly akin to the sort of Red Bull Toro Rosso setup that you have in Formula One, but I, I wonder if we're going to see more things like that in the future, where you have sort of these junior teams to the senior teams, even in the cup level. Uh, and I don't know, maybe that means they end up kind of being places to stash drivers for a year or two, and then you bring them up to the main game and bring them up to the big team potentially. But uh, just, I just, I think something to take a eye on and keep watch for in the coming seasons, especially over the next five to 10 years, but in the immediate future, Yes, probably a good thing for Archie St. Hilaire to get support from Team Penske, who I think we can all agree has been probably the most consistent of the four teams top to bottom as a whole over the past few seasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And let us just add to this that long-term security for the Wood Brothers being a full-time team in NASCAR's top level, Cisco, is quite simply a good thing for everybody involved. They've been here since 1950, and as Len and Eddie have said again and again and again over the last two years, we're not going anywhere anytime soon. And yeah, extends the legacy of the sport, and you know makes keeps one of those iconic ties to throughout the sport's history. It keeps it going, which you know, regardless of if it's the 43 plate out on track or the 21 but those ties are so important to the sport to keep it looking back to its roots so we can learn from the past and be able to you know bring not only bring things from the past that worked but continue and learn from mistakes of the past as well it's always important well for me i i look at this and i just see as you said it does things like that do keep the iconic teams connected to the sports past but also, I like the fact that they're not just sustaining. The 21 team has actually increased its performance, improved its performance. It's become more relevant over the last couple, three years with Ryan Blaney than it's been in many, many years, notwithstanding Trevor's win at Daytona. So I think Paul Menard comes in now with very big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. 
but with a team that has all the resources for him to fill it. So I love the fact that the 21 is not just maintained. It's actually gotten better, and I do believe the 43 is going to do the same. It may take a year, but I do believe they will. Oh, absolutely. Bubba Wallace has already shown he's capable of finding speed in the 43 car. It's just a matter of harnessing it consistently, which I know they've been working on. And as far as Paul Menard in the 21 is concerned, Paul made the playoffs at Richard Childress Racing in the past with a car that I would argue is far less superior, no disrespect to Richard, to what the Wood Brothers have in their situation right now simply because Team Penske is at the very top of their game at the moment. Well, they are, and Ford in general is just slowly basically creating at least upward trends among all their teams. And, you know, we've talked about front row, but just the fact that uh, it appears as though front row is going to be getting their super speedway chassis from Roush Fenway and basically has been promised the exact same stuff that the 17 is running well, that certainly should make the 38 and the 34 a little more uh, intriguing to watch on the super speedways, given uh-huh. that, well, little Ricky's won a couple of those here as of late. Yeah, just a few. Just a few. Those two races that kind of sort of propelled him into the playoffs. Yep. That, that's kind of important. Now, I want to transition over next to a piece of news from the truck series briefly that we can discuss somewhat here and then continue after our first break. But, Tom, I'm a little frustrated with this part because Safe Light Autoglass, which previously was the full-time sponsor for Ben Rhodes at Thor Sport Racing, announced a couple of days ago that they are moving over to Kyle Busch Motorsports to sponsor Noah Gregson during his sophomore season in the truck series. Is this a case of the rich getting richer? And where does Ben Rhodes fit in now? Yes, and let's hope he still does, is the way I would respond to that. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, business is business, and that we have to we have to take emotion out of things when we look at business deals, because that's what this was. Obviously, Safelight for whatever reason, found that uh, going to KBM and Noah Gregson, again, for whatever reason, is more sensible to them than staying at Thor Sport with Ben Rhodes. And I don't think that's necessarily an indicator of whether or not they liked Ben. It, It just, they saw something over at KBM that they liked. And so there they go. Let's hope that, um, Thor Sport can replace that for Ben, because I certainly think that Ben deserves the opportunity to continue and have another year in that series, because I I think Ben is a championship contender all the way, and I think he showed that uh, down the stretch last year. So we'll see yeah. what uh, what happens there, but that's that certainly was an intriguing announcement. It was very intriguing, and I know James wants in on this, and I'll give him a chance to get in on this after we take a break. We're stepping aside. You're listening to Motorsports Madness, and we return in just a few minutes right here to the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car, and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. 
Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Austin Terrio, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness here on the Performance Motorsports Network. For those who have already chimed in and blown up my phone saying, you were in Tulsa, why haven't you talked about the Chili Bowl yet? Patience, I promise we're getting there. There's a reason we didn't go right off the top with it. But I will go ahead and say, hey, congratulations to Christopher Bell for winning the party for a second year in a row. I was glad I got to be there to see it. And I promise we will talk about it later on. Right now, we're going to continue talking about some of the NASCAR news that broke while I was having fun playing in the dirt in Tulsa and James Pike. We are going to let you chime in on the whole Ben Rhodes, Safe Light, Noah Gregson, KBM, little circle of 
sponsor swapping. My opinion, and this is just my opinion, I really haven't heard anything, but I would like to think that maybe Ben could end up at KBM, perhaps, no. somehow, maybe, or that ThorSport has another sponsor that we don't know about. But, hey, we'll see. What do you got? That almost sounds as optimistic as when Richard Petty Motorsports said they were going to run two cars last year after Brian Scott retired, and we saw how that turned out. I don't think they have anybody lined up. I think this was just something where Safelight saw something in KBM, like Tom said, that they liked a little bit more than what they had with Thorsport and decided to make the move. I, I get the sense they think that being with KBM is going to give them a little bit more exposure and give them a little bit more value for dollar. But I hate this for Ben because I remember we came on this show. It was about this time, I think, last year. and We talked about these sort of young guns in the trucks and the guys who really needed to step up and prove their worth. And I think we all said that... 2017 was a year in which Ben Rhodes had to prove that he could compete on the national level or otherwise run in danger and in risk of kind of seeing his career stall out. And so he goes out, and especially towards the second half of last year, I think from about Kansas on, he really did perform and finally showed up and started displaying the talent that we saw in the Canaan Pro Series East when he won the championship there a few years ago. So he finally starts getting his career back on track and begins to prove that he can contend for a championship. And then stuff like this happens. And uh, you, if you're Ben, you kind of sit there wondering, thinking, you know, what do I have to do to prove to people that I'm a marketable guy? I'm a talented guy. I can go out. I can compete and win races, win titles in the truck series. And I'm definitely worth a look at creating a partnership for you and your company. He's got all the goods. It just it just kind of bites because it just feels like one thing after another for him and to some degree for Thorsport, too. Thank you. That's what I've been saying all day. However, I do want to add, Tom, that the good news, I feel like it's good news, is that I had the chance to go back and forth briefly via email with a representative, one of the PR reps for Thorsport today, who said uh, and specifically referenced four trucks at Thorsport. So it doesn't at least at this moment, sound like they're contracting it all. So perhaps Ben stays there, gets another year, and there's a sponsor announcement or sponsor shift coming somewhere that we just don't know about. Well, yet. and that's, again, that's why I'm not getting too awfully excited about this in a negative way because it doesn't immediately seem like Ben's in any jeopardy, but we... We can only hope. And, you know, let's be happy for Noah Gregson because, you know, Noah's obviously in a situation where I think he has the ability to take that step up to Xfinity after this coming year if he continues to progress. And Safelite certainly is a sponsor that could go up with him if they desired to do that. Whereas I think... Um, you know, in the past, I'm not sure Noah's had a sponsor that could really go much farther forward than the truck series. So I think this is a great thing for Noah Gregson and ensures that he will likely be able to have all the resources he needs to be able to run for the championship this year, which I think is obviously the intent. So for me, I'm kind of just holding out hope that Ben will be fine and there will be uh, enough sponsorship to, you know, feel the championship 
truck for him. Um, and I'm happy for Noah to see that he's in a position to be able to run for the championship and have a um, sponsor that could basically step up with him if they wanted to do so. I think that definitely uh, is something that Noah needed if he was going to move much further forward than the truck series. And now he has that, Jacob. So, you know, it's certainly a big plus for Noah and hopefully not a negative for Ben. Correct. Can we stay with the truck series theme? It's your show. Okay, we're going to stay with the truck series theme. James, I'm coming back to you because we have two more confirmed drivers for full seasons in the truck series, which is really good because as Matt Weaver pointed out earlier today on Twitter, between the Xfinity series and the truck series going into today, there were like 10 full-time confirmed driver team pairings between both series combined. So this kind of news was sorely needed. Out of GMS, we have, in the left hand, Dalton Sargent, and in the right hand, welcoming back J.J. Justin Haley. Yeah, yeah. So at least if I'm reading this right, Sargent comes in as the guy who effectively replaces Kaz Grala, who's Pretty also much. the Xfinity Series. And then Justin, uh, Justin, 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 Triple J Haley comes back and runs <laughs> another year with GMS. Uh, Sergeant, I'll admit, I'm very excited to see what he can do because he's been tearing it up down in the late models and the ARCA cars for a long while now. So this is a very well-deserved shot, no question for him. And I wouldn't be surprised if he could be competitive. And Justin, I, I think even by his standards, he felt like last year went a little bit slower than he wanted it to and wasn't quite as quick as he wanted to be. He was consistent and solid. I I just think he wanted a little bit more out of himself. So now here he gets a shot with, I'd say the preeminent Chevrolet team in the truck series to go out and take his performance to the next level, the way Ben Rhodes did a year ago. Should be fun. And let's keep in mind, Tom, this is a building year for Justin because all the pieces from his team at GMS last year, including crew chief, Kevin Bellacourt, are back again. So there's virtually, at least from what I understand, no change here, and that's big for him. Well, I don't – I think the building year was last year. I think okay, this fair. is the payoff this year. This is the payoff year? This fair, is fair. the year when there's no reason, as James just said, why Justin should not run for the championship or at least have the kind of a season that Ben Rhodes did last year in his second year. Exactly. And look, I have – said from the K&N East days for Justin, which weren't that long ago, yeah, really. um, that, you know, he, he is a championship racer and, you know, needed a year to learn in the trucks and particularly to deal with, like, for example, mile and a half tracks, exactly. which he had never run before, you know, that which was, he did very well at this year. Well, yeah, once he was able to kind of grasp the concept he really did, and he, he was very good down the stretch. I think Justin is going to be uh, – that team, actually, I think is going to be very strong because I, I don't think uh, Dalton Sargent is going to have much of an adjustment at all. I think Dalton comes in basically ready to go racing and run up front. So Well, we forget, Cisco, that he has already spent some time in the truck series yes. for – I think it was MDM that he ran yes. a few truck races yes. for, yes. if I remember right. Yeah, no, I I think it was. I want to say he ran Phoenix, maybe Homestead. 
I want to say a couple other races that they ran Actually, with that off. I think what I was thinking of at first was Waters. I think he ran the Waters truck he did. a couple of times. He did yeah, run the yeah, two Waters yeah. truck. Yes, that is correct. Yes. Yep. Yep, that is right. And but but again, with the experience he's got, I right. don't think he needs a lot of seasoning. I think he no. just comes in no. and, and so I think that GMS team could be even stronger than it was last year and I could seriously see all three of those trucks in the playoffs uh, easily. Yeah, before easily. Uh, season's end. This is getting to be a whole lot better. I was concerned for a while about the state of the truck series. I'm I still, still concerned. Yeah, I'm. there's still some concern, but at least from a driver's standpoint, I have some slight optimism. Now, there is a one, well, I say one driver net loss. We're not losing the truck, but the... Hattori Racing Enterprises truck that was full-time this season, this past season will be full-time again next season, James. However, it will be without Ryan Truex, who is graduating to the NASCAR Xfinity Series and Sadface, replacing Blake Cook at Colleg Racing. Yay for Ryan. Much, much sads for Blake. Yeah, especially you think of his run in the playoffs two years ago where he came out of nowhere and nearly won the thing with a team that got started, what, like two weeks before Daytona? Yeah. Something like that. But uh, I think, and I don't know if he's announced anything, but I do know that I saw that when the announcement came that Ryan Trumax was moving to colleague, that Blake Cook had something lined up and said that he had plans in place and just needed to wait a few days to announce them. I don't know if they actually I don't know that I ever saw that. It was was on his Instagram, I think. He said he expects to be at Daytona, but I have not heard anything beyond Daytona. Okay, because... Um, Go ahead. There is a Facebook Live that I have not had the chance to see, but... Uh, this is from one week ago. I'm no longer driving the 11 in the car. I'll do a Facebook Live to explain what's going on tomorrow, but all is good. Everything's great. Uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow, basically. Uh, Matt Colling and I are still the best of friends, and I'm forever grateful for him and his wife, Lisa. Yeah, but see, that's the, that, the last quote I saw from him was, I need sponsorship to race. Yes, and that's so, the unfortunate you know, part, Cisco, of where right. we're at right now. And it's, I feel like we've said this about how many drivers in the yeah, past, just in this really. last year, I just need sponsorship to race. The se- it's... Yeah, that's the understatement of the day. I mean, yeah, and it's, it's that exact situation. I think Blake certainly has proven that he can be a championship contender in the Xfinity series, and I don't see any reason why somebody shouldn't pick him up except that you know you have to pay to play a lot of times and uh unfortunately this whole thing happened so late in the game that it kind of screwed him out of an opportunity to maybe be thought of for one of the few cars that aren't pay to play and and it would have been interesting had this happened a couple of months back to see what might have happened with say joe gibbs racing exactly And I'm going to let that take us to break. When we come back, we are going to shift gears ever so slightly and talk some open wheel racing here on Motorsports Madness. So stick around. You're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network. We'll be right back. 
Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World truck teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America, featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orca Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits. HMS representatives are experts in their field and focused on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'll come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Let's throw the green for Open Wheel Central on Motorsports Madness. Now back to the roundtable and Jacob Seelman. We're back here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, and James Pike with you on a Monday. Talking racing, 
We got Chili Bowl conversation coming up. I am back from Tulsa. I am glad I'm back from Tulsa, but I'm glad I went to Tulsa because, gosh darn, did we have a good six days of racing. Like I said, we'll get to that coming up actually in our next segment after this one, but we are talking open wheel racing right now, and Tom, specifically in this segment of the F1 variety, because, well... I'm scratching my head a little bit. First news nugget, which I'm going to basically lay it out and step back and let y'all have fun because this just frustrates me. Just when you think that, well, Danny Kvyat doesn't have a ride for 2018, he does, sort of, kind of, ish. He's going to be the development slash, I guess you would read it as reserve driver for Ferrari. Um, huh? Ladies and gentlemen in the audience, tonight's drinking phrase is frustrated. Jacob is frustrated. (laughs) Jacob is frustrated. I'm not frustrated. I'm just bemused. Oh, word of the day. Bemused. You know... I'm bemused. I mean, really, Daniel Kvyat? I mean, we we couldn't, you know, I guess since Lance Stroll hadn't been fired yet, he wasn't available. Lance actually got better towards the end of last year. Well, he did. You're right. I should give Lance more credit. But, you know, honestly, it's it's just that this just (laughs) this just makes me laugh. Obviously, they didn't look very hard. You know, this on top of Gunther Steiner's ridiculous and absurd and completely unbelievably just stupid comment that there are no American drivers right now who are talented enough or ready for Formula One. This just shows you where Formula One is at, Cisco, from a from a binoculars standpoint. In other words, half these teams don't have a clue what talent looks like because, you know, certainly, with all due respect to Daniel Kvyat, he has none. And you talk about American drivers who don't have, you know, you make that comment. What about Alex Rossi? He was literally a development driver at F1. Yeah. You could have him, but you don't because... Yeah, Connor Daly. I mean, the irony is that Santino Ferrucci is one of the top up-and-coming prospects. Now, he he is not ready for F1 yet. No, not yet. But, But my point is, he's from America, and not even from, like, deep Florida, where a lot of these drivers come from. He's from New England. Yes. So Kyle Sousa, you know, Kyle yeah, Sousa Kyle would be, be proud of that. Yeah, it's like, you know, it, he's from Martin Truex country, more yes. or less. I mean, come on. You know, th- this is just silly. Honestly, Jacob, I, I think, look, the caveat thing is sort of like, OK, well, he was available and needed needed the work. So give him a shot. But Gunther Steiner's statement to me is just offensive in the highest and shows that he has no clue, Cisco. And here he is, the leading force behind Haas F1 if that's who Gene Haas is trusting to develop talent and recognize talent I mean Kevin Magnuson really 
it feels like the this feels like the same decision was made like the exact same deliberation was made for the for who they chose to run Ed Carpenter's cars this year. This feels like the exact same mindset they had. Yeah, for exactly. Putting Kvyat in that car and now and them also picking who's going to drive for ECR this year. Can I also add to that, if we take into account the fact that SMP Racing is going to be running an LMP1 this year in WEC, and that Vitaly Petrov and Mikhail Oroshin are also going to be behind the wheel of that car, I'd almost put money on it now. Watch Kvyat get the fourth seat in that car for Lamar. Okay. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't that make a lot of sense now, wouldn't it? Because Russia. Sure, why not? Exactly. Completely, exactly. completely unrelated to everything else we were talking about, but I don't disagree no, with no, your point. Just the, the point that, you know, I think not to totally bag on him, but we haven't really thought that Kvyat's done all that much on track, and yet he's still able because to get opportunities. Hasn't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> because Which is my, my main point here. Yeah. No, you're probably right, too. Go, yeah, Get, getting back to the meat and potatoes here, James, uh, you're, you're really... What was that, the salad? <laughs> something like that. James, you're really the Joel, now that we don't have Joel. Uh, if he's listening somewhere, we miss you, obviously. And, and, and if I know Joel... Come and he's back, listen- Joel! <laughs> no, no, sorry, James. Well, if, if I know Joel and he's listening, he's probably either nodding his head... And fuming with smoke coming out his ears at these two news developments, or you know something to that effect. Joel's comment was likely that Kvyat getting that seat was the worst idea since <laughs> Snuggies for Dogs. There, see, it's been over a year, but I got it back into the vernacular. Yes, you did. Now, James, I mm-hmm. will ask it like Joel would ask it. Why is the dart without feathers still here? Because he's got money, man. He's got money. And if you've got money, you can still get a seat. That's the thing. You know, and I, you know, I, in a perfect world, we've got people who end up like, I think Lance Stroll is a very good example. Lance very clearly has money. Got the seat because of the money that he's got. But he actually turned out to be a halfway decent driver towards the end of the season, and yes, I think he could he actually did. do some decent stuff in Formula One in 2018. It's just that not everybody that has money like that is good, or in the case of Scott Tucker and Justin Balson's dad, actually get their money via legitimate means. So, Ooh, uh, wow. wow! Oh, well, here's here's, wow. here's my my quick response to that. Look. At the end of the day, you shouldn't be judged by whether you brought money or not because it's part of the sport. My problem with the Kvyat situation is it feels a little bit like the way NASCAR was about 30 or 40 years ago when you had the same five or six drivers and they would just keep getting recycled. Nobody wanted to give anybody new a chance. And all of a sudden, Jeff Gordon came in and changed all that, Cisco. I just want to point out that we're talking about a series in which Pastor Maldonado had a career for five years. Well... You're not wrong. Fair point. <laughs> so true. It's, so true. It's really not about the drivers in yeah. F1 anyway. Hey, how we'll I, see. We'll see if he actually runs in Barcelona, and if everything works out, I might be there to see him run in Barcelona. So ooh, we'll see how that goes. Yes, indeed. Now, speaking of drivers in F1, can we talk about a driver in F1 that's done a thing recently? Mm-hmm. James, Fernando tests Daytona thoughts. Love it. 
love it. This is a guy who very clearly, or rather, if I'm going to go full Chris Collinsworth here, here's a guy who really understands the importance of the Triple Crown, which I really think is cool because we don't have that many drivers these days that are willing to branch out and do stuff like that and go, you know, use their notoriety and what they've accomplished in one series, one category, to go out to other very significant and meaningful series and go try and run stuff there. The same thing in my book applies with Jensen Button's full-time Super GT ride over in Japan for this season. Same kind of thing. You've got guys who have lots of ability, recognizing that, you know, just because you run your series doesn't mean that it's the only cool series out there. And they get together with some people and say, hey, you know, I want to have a go at this because I want a different kind of challenge than what I would get in the series that I normally run. And I want a chance to win something really prestigious and be remembered as a multi-talented driver. So I think it's awesome that Fernando's going to take a crack at the Rolex 24, and I hope he does well. In other Sit. words, he's saying that w- drivers like Fernando are real racers, not elitist snobs. Cisco, let us remind ourselves that Fernando is running Daytona and running the LMP2 in the 24 hours, specifically as a tune-up for endurance racing and that little thing called Le Mans in the Triple Crown that he intends to hopefully be racing in this summer, in addition to, oh, about most of the WEC schedule for Toyota. Because why not? Because why not? Because he wants to. Because he's Fernando Alonso, and he can do whatever he wants. All I can't wait to see is when Fernando shows up and decides to run Daytona with Daniel Ricciardo, and those two old teammates and draft to the finish and finish 1-2, and it'll be amazing. Ooh. That's, that's fun. Yeah, that's that's a nice scenario. Yes, please. Look, uh, hey, to be fair, he was asked about the Daytona 500 and said he ain't ready to go there yet. <laughs> but, he, but he did say he would probably be at Daytona watching the 500 as a spectator this year. Can I throw 10 bucks out that he runs his first Daytona 500 before Danica Patrick runs her last one? <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. That you you might know, not be wrong about I mean, that. she's dating Aaron Rodgers now. She's going to try out for the Packers next year. <laughs> wow. As what? a Bears fan, I think, yes? Yes. <laughs> oh, she's a Bears fan? Yeah, she well, is. Well, I mean, she's from, she's from that area. We, well, yeah, but the problem is we also have Packers fans that live in Illinois. So, well, yes. yeah, she maybe I mean, if she's a Bears fan, then that's going to be a very interesting Christmas dinner. I'll say that much. Yeah. Let's remind ourselves, by the way, that this from the Associated Press, which finally got a statement from Danica earlier today, confirming that, yes, in fact, she is dating Aaron Rodgers. This that we all knew, what, two weeks ago, Tom? Well, yeah, because people saw her and uh, Aaron at Aaron's favorite hangout. Well, they were very close. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> On that note, we're just going to go away a for a few show. minutes before, well, we get thrown off the air. Bill, get us out of here. We'll be back with more right after this. Our Chili Bowl conversation starts next here on Motorsports Madness on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Okay, so Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's. Yep. And Josh, you're going to? Soccer, Dad. Soccer practice. Right. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know when I pick you both up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No! Yep. And my dorky dad hat, and I'm going to do my dad dance for all your friends. They'll love it. Seriously? Why? Because I like my short shorts. Of course, I could be talked out of it if you guys would just buckle up your seatbelts without giving me a hard time. 
It's important to get your kids to buckle up for safety, no matter what it takes. And sometimes, all it takes is your parental powers of persuasion. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time. What, what? No! Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I'm Dalton Sargent. You're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network. Oh, hey, we were talking about him a little bit ago. We were. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness. If you weren't listening to us earlier in the show, we were talking about Dalton Sargent because he's got a full-time truck ride with GMS Racing for 2018. But hey, there's your scorecard for this segment of the show. Right now, we are transitioning over to the biggest indoor race in the month of January, i.e. the Chili Bowl for this segment and continuing for, oh, about a half hour. After that, Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, and James Pike with you on this edition of Motorsports Madness. And ding! Christopher Bell wins back-to-back in Tulsa, Tom. However, he almost didn't until Kyle Larson blew up. Boo! Boo. Even Chris said he was disappointed. Boo. Are you booing the motor? Yes, I'm okay. booing the motor. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, you know, I, well, <laughs> it happens. I mean, the motors are a necessary evil. And, yeah, you're right. It, it was a, look, it was a brilliant two-car duel. That, that you know, this was, this, this Chili Bowl A-Main was the Keith Coons Motorsports benefit race. And it was specifically related to Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell. And honestly, I think that had this race gone the distance and they stayed in traffic, Chris Bell might have gotten by Kyle Larson anyway. I mean, it's really hard to say what would have happened 
over the course of the last 10 laps because that's what makes the Chili Bowl so much fun is the fact that they're in and out of traffic so much, Jacob, and you saw this uh, come into play big time in this year's A-Main. Bell would fall three, four-tenths of a second back, five-tenths, six-tenths. Yeah. As soon as they'd catch up to traffic, he was right back on the bumper. But once Kyle Larson's motor expired, I mean, it was it was all over but the crying. Christopher yeah. Bell was – he won by three seconds. And at one point, it Let was almost five in. seconds. Yeah. I mean, it just – this is uh, – we, we had the Swindell benefit race era for most of a decade. Half a decade. This the, It was five straight years, 2009 to 2013. Well, yeah, but Sammy started a little before that, I think. Right? No, no, no. Sammy's other wins were – in like the 80s and okay. 90s and well, 2002. Anyway, the point is we had that era. Now we've got the era of Keith Coons Motorsports. They have got clearly, as of right now, they have got the hot setup for the Chili Bowl. And while there are other teams who have the capability, I think, to eventually come to that level. Clausa Marshall. Yeah, Clausa Marshall being one of them. As of right now, they're not there. So it's going to be really interesting to see going forward. But what a race for a while it was. And what a week it was at the Chili Bowl. Unbelievable. I mean, just 350 plus. You had guys like Chase Johnson, Austin Langenstein, Guys that, again, we have this every year, and it's why I love the Chili Bowl. Mm -hmm. You've barely heard of them unless you're really into that type of racing before they show up there. But, boy, by the time they're done, you know exactly who they are. And, you know, that's what makes it so cool. We're going to talk about a few of those names here in the next couple of minutes. Specifically, before we get there, though, I do want to point out that the reason why Tom says it was a Keith Coons benefit is, well, they won on Tuesday for that preliminary night. They won on Wednesday for that preliminary night. They won on Thursday Thursday. for that preliminary night. And they came within one spot of winning on Friday Friday night. Except Kloss and Marshall said, spank you very much. Well... I don't know if it was quite spank you, but yeah. Justin Grant won by a straightaway. Excuse me? Uh, well, where did they start would be the, the question to ask. Justin started sure. fifth, I yeah, think. he had to come through four cars. I mean, that's the, the, the deal for me is that overall, if you look at the performance of the cars. Now, part of that is not just the cars themselves, but let's face facts here. The three, I would argue, the three best Chili Bowl racers over the last handful of years. Rico Abreu, Christopher Bell, and Kyle Larson. Who did they race for? Keith Coons. Keith is really the reason they exist in racing largely in the first place. That's kind of what I'm saying. You've got phenomenal cars prepared by a phenomenal setup man and three amazing racers you know, three of the best racers right now, as far as I'm concerned, in the sport. You know, that's just a tough combination to beat, and these other teams yeah. are going to have to find a way to step it up. Steve, I will come to you now. And Dr. Dirt, I hope you were entertained by everything you saw this week. I was 
surely entertained. Were you as disappointed as Christopher Bell was that Kyle Larson's motor blew up? I was pretty disappointed, and and I think that a lot of those in the you know, watching on on Saturday uh, were probably disappointed, and and I'm just it was just a disappointment from the fact that I think we would have seen an epic battle for the win mm-hmm. between those two. I think those guys were really the class of the field. I mean, there was a lot of great competition, no doubt, but I think those two were the class of the field this weekend. To not be able to see that battle play out, Tom, was, as Christopher said, it sucked. Actually, no. The word he used was heartbroken. He was heartbroken. Uh, He should have been. Yes, as Jeff Gluck said in his column, these are not words that a winner normally uses. He should have been happy, and he was happy to have the driller. I think he was more disappointed how he got it. Yeah, I mean, he he really did want to race it out with with uh, Kyle and I. I think those two, it's kind of a mutual admiration society yes, between yes. the two of them, and it should be, Steve. I mean, let's face facts here. In about another year, maybe two at the most, you're going to see the two of them running against each other, not just at the Chili Bowl, but all year long in NASCAR, at least until Kyle decides to give that up to go run for Tony Stewart's World of Outlaws team or his own full-time. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, Tom. I am. I mean, I, I, I you got me speechless, Tom. I, I, I'm with you on that. <laughs> you know, that wow. doesn't happen very No, it often. doesn't. That, by the way, before we go any farther, can we congratulate Steve Ovens because Steve won some stuff over the weekend at the Easter Motorsports Press Association. Yeah, Steve did win a few things. Steve, we'll we'll take two minutes out of our Chili Bowl discussion to talk about what you won. Turn five live, Steve, voted best online media. Is that correct? Did I use the right wording there? I'm doing it off the top of my head. Yes, so that was part of the American Honda Motor Company. Um, That was the Class 2 for radio, audio, broadcast online. So they have a couple of different, uh, you know, divisions there. They have one if you're in the TV arena or if you're in the online arena. And being, you know, wireless mobile as we are, we were stacked up against uh, those of the likes uh, that uh, put on some video uh, casting of events around the um, around the country, and uh, I'm proud to say that uh, Turn Five Live and Performance Motorsports Network was voted uh, as best in class. So we took home a first place award for that. So it was pretty exciting. It was and Race Chaser Online second and third in their categories for a couple of written columns uh, that you did or written articles. So uh, very very. Uh, very excited all of us very excited for our team overall and and especially for you because you work your butt off and uh, we appreciate that so back to the chili bowl jacob yes back to the chili bowl steve-o i want to ask you you got a chance to pay attention to a lot of this uh and in addition to being fed all the fun stuff that i got for us at race chaser online over the course of the week who most impressed you at the chili bowl that maybe you wouldn't have thought of going into the week? 
that I wouldn't have thought of. Yeah, that like like we insane. knew the Keith Coons cars were going to be good. That's not a question. Who you know? Well, can 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 I can I take the winner from qualifying night number four? Justin Grant. Yeah, because sure. it it broke the streak for the week, in in a team that I think. You know, I, I think they needed to have a good run. They needed a run like that to kind of help springboard themselves a little bit. And so I think that, you know, with all of those storylines being said, I think that's the direction I'd go in. Interesting. Tom? Um, That's a very good question. I'm not sure how to answer that because I want to say Austin Langenstein, but... The truth is that I predicted last week that, that Austin be would good. do very well. And, you know, he really did. And he got to the E and unfortunately kind of got digged around a little bit and broke an axle that um, put him out. But, you know, I think Austin really showed that he belongs there. But, you know, probably for me, it would have to be Chase Johnson. And it's, be, and it's really because I'm not quite as familiar with Chase as I know a lot of the diehard open wheel set is. So yeah. I was really surprised to see him do what he did. And I'm looking forward to uh, to hearing from him here shortly, too. Yes, as a matter of fact, we will have Chase Johnson coming up in our next segment, live on the Race Chaser Hotline, who was, as Tom just mentioned, one of the surprise transfers directly to the A main from his preliminary night by finishing in the top three after a torrid battle with Tracy Hines and with Caleb Armstrong. I'm going to go a slightly different direction because it's a driver I knew by name coming into it, but I had never had the chance to watch him race, and my gosh, was I ever not disappointed. Gio Selzy, younger brother of Dominic and Gary Selzy out of drag racing fame, his youngest son, Gio was amazing this week. I really did not was. expect him to be as good as he was. I knew he was a good sprint car driver, but midgets aren't his thing. To see him come out for the first time ever with Clawson Marshall Racing at the Chili Bowl and make the A main and go from, I think, 17th or 15th, somewhere back in there, to 11th before the motor quit about six laps in, the kid was going places. And I think he, of all the Claus and Marshall cars, was probably going to be the biggest threat had it not been for the motor giving up on him. And that's two engine problems in the main event. Engine problems very, very rarely happen at the Chili Bowl. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah. So, you know, mad respect and mad props to Gio, and we're hopeful of getting him on an edition of Motorsports Madness coming up here in the next week or two because coming up soon, he's going to have some exciting news about his 2018 racing plans. We're going to step aside. When we return, as Tom alluded to, we hear from Chase. Johnson. You're listening to Motorsports Madness. Our Chili Bowl conversation continues after this on the Performance Motorsports Network. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. 
For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hide the kids. It's time to get dirty with the Race Chaser Online crew. Here's your host, Jacob Seelman, with Turn 5 Live's curator of Casa de Porkchop, Stephen Evans. Hey, we've got more with Steve here during this segment, and we've got a special guest. That's all well and fantastic. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Dr. Dirt, Steve Ovens, James Pike, and Cisco Scaramuza all hunkered around the round table on a cold night here in the Race City USA PMN studios. And right now we're continuing our Chili Bowl conversation with a driver that I've been talking up for about a week and a half. And I am glad to say a very good friend to this show. It's actually a good thing. Uh, Chase Johnson, we have not had you on this show since 2015. And I really hate that because it's always fun to have you on here. So firstly, welcome back. And I know I said it to you all week, but to let the listeners hear me say it again, congratulations on what I know for you was a career moment in doing what you did on your qualifying night to qualify into the Saturday A-Main at the Chili Bowl 
And then to actually be out there and come away with a solid finish, this for you was a week to remember. Yeah, no, definitely it is. Thank you guys for having me on the show. And um, I know you came by earlier in the week and said how you wanted to have me on the show again. And uh, we kind of said, well, hopefully we have a reason after Chili Bowl to to get back on the show and to do this again. And, um, yeah, just thanks for having me on, guys. Talk us through, for those who weren't at Chili Bowl and didn't get to see the whole process of this week for you. I mean, this was a long week, and for you in particular, your qualifying night had so many facets to it, not to mention the battle at the tail end between you and Caleb Armstrong and Tracy Hines. Just go back through the story and the emotions a little bit of what this week really entailed, because as you and I have discussed, it was very crazy from start to finish. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, we started, we got there on Sunday, just kind of move, or, you know, the team moved in on Sunday and we got there late Sunday, kind of checked everything out. Um, got to say hi, you know, and then we moved right into uh, practice on Monday, got some good laps in. Um, I could instantly tell uh, as soon as we hopped on the gas, the first practice session that we were going to have something for the rest of the competition, you know, for the later on in the week. But um, yeah, and then kind of just hung out the rest of the week and our qualifying night was on Thursday and um, you know we were lucky enough to get a good pill draw on Thursday and um, really just kind of stayed patient most of the night didn't really have to force the issue a lot um, which is kind of key there at Chili Bowl just because if you do too hard um, you tend to get yourself in trouble and when you get yourself in trouble at Chili Bowl normally it's a pretty big setback so um, yeah just try to keep my nose clean the most of the night and pick off cars when we could and um, just try to move forward every time we hit the track, and I think we did that. I've always said, Chase, that the Chili Bowl is perhaps the most interesting chemistry, balance of chemistry of speed, talent, timing, and luck. And as you mentioned, the pill draw, really where you start on your prelim night is so much related in many cases to where you finish because or at least your approach going into the race because if you could start up toward the front or in the front then you really just need to maintain and be smooth whereas if you're if you get a bad pill draw and end up having to start in the tail or toward the back you got to run hard the entire race which increases your chances of a mistake or being caught up in someone else's mess yeah, no doubt. Um, I, you know, when we got there and we got the pill draw, everyone was kind of asking me, you know, what would be the best pill draw and what would be the best number. And, um, you know, I think as long as you have a somewhat um, easy heat as far as it's not too stacked up with, you know, ultra-tough competition, right. um, you should be all right, no matter if you start in the front or the rear or where, um, and kind of just stay alive, really, too. That's pretty big key there as well um but yeah we started six in our heat and um you know really my goal really was only to pick off maybe two three guys and then that would kind of lock ourselves into a qualifier and then uh, we actually ended up going from six to win the heat um and i just kind of really stayed patient and just picked off the cars when i had the chance like i said i just didn't do anything too aggressive because you know if you do do something too aggressive and 
make a mistake, you're kind of paying for it the rest of the week. Do you feel like winning that heat just increased your confidence that much more to the point? You know, I mean, it's it's really kind of amazing how at a race like the Chili Bowl, a good start breeds a good finish. And you, you went out and won the heat, and obviously that puts you in a really nice position for the feature and it, and it just makes everything that much easier for you as a racer being able to control your own destiny more. Yeah, no doubt. It, it, it did give us confidence for sure. Um, you know, confidence is really key and, you know, even before the heat and even in practice sessions, I think we were second quick overall in the practice sessions, um, behind bell. And, um, you know, that kind of just reinforced, I felt the feeling, uh, myself in the car that we had a fast race car felt like we were really had a strong chance. It kind of just went anywhere I wanted it to go. Um, there's just a certain type of feeling you get sometimes in a race car when you just feel like, you know, everything is going to be good and you got a really fast race car underneath you. And that's exactly what I had the whole week at Chili Bowl. And um, I think the results just show that. I just felt ultra comfortable in the car, you know, even with being out of the midget for so long. I, I, you know, I felt like I never left. And, um, you know, like you said, the confidence of winning that heat and then going from sixth to second in the qualifier, you know, just kind of reinforced the whole confidence thing as well. And with that confidence, though, Chase, my question is to you is, you know, being that, that race so much road on how the rest of your week would go what is that kind of pressure like going into an event now it's you know this is a not a a points event you know this isn't hinging on a championship or things of that nature but this is a major event and and i can't imagine what that pressure must have felt like even though you knew you had a great race car there can be so many things that are out of your control yeah, there definitely is. Um, there's a lot that can be out of your control, and there's a lot of things that can go out of control and ruin your whole week. So, um, you know, you just got to kind of keep those things in the back of your head, um, not necessarily forget about it 100%, but just kind of keep them in the back of your head um, and not let them get, get to you so much. But, um, yeah, you know, like you said, it's there's so many things that could go wrong. Um, but you know, there is things that can go right. Um, and just kind of really have to, you know, keep positive and keep a good mindset. Chase, take us back now to the final laps of Thursday preliminary night and the last five laps of that main you versus Caleb Armstrong versus Tracy Hines on the top side. And you were so committed to the bottom lane. It was basically... If you can pass me on the outside, you deserve to pass me. Otherwise, I'm playing defense and going to get this thing. And you got it. Yeah. No, that was, um, you know, on the last final restart with those couple laps to go, um, I was able to to see how many laps we had left. And actually, um, on the big TV screen they have there that you can see while on the track, they also show, um, you know, the order of guys behind you and last name. Um, and I saw that Armstrong was behind me and I knew that we had a good battle in the beginning of the race. And I knew, um, I watched him, you know, throughout the whole night and in practice as well. And he never left the bottom once. So I knew that, you know, with him being behind me, if I stayed to the bottom, 
somebody from, you know, even farther back behind him would have to get around me. So um, whether, you know, in the early, earlier in the race and throughout the race, I was running the top line down to one and two and then would get back down to the bottom at three and four. And I felt like that was a lot faster. But, um, yeah, like you said, the last three laps or five laps, I could just went into survival mode. Um, just, you know, make sure we, we locked in to the A and um, just kind of made sure we were on the bottom and hit our marks. Um, and, yeah, exactly like you said, you know, if they're faster than us, then they can go to the top side. And if somebody does, um, you can normally have a better chance at kind of overtaking again. If you are on the bottom, you can get back up to the top and maybe get ahead of them. Again, it's a little bit easier than if you were on the top and somebody drove by the bottom. Chase, hang tight with us. We've got a couple more questions for you, but we're up against a commercial break. So we're going to hear a little bit more from Chase Johnson in our next segment. We'll step aside real quick and be back with more Motorsports Madness in a moment here on the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. We were talking about him earlier in this show, too. We were. So I think he's hoping he can drive 500 miles this year. <laughs> something like that. Welcome back to anyway. Yeah, something like that. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Steve Ovens, James Pike, and Cisco Scaramuza. 
All Talking Racing on a Monday night. Right now with special guest Chase Johnson as we are discussing the Chili Bowl Nationals. And Chase, I didn't get a chance to touch on it before the break, but not only uh, did we point out in our last segment that this was your first Chili Bowl A-Main start on Saturday night, if I remember right and you can correct me if i'm wrong but this was only what your second or third time attempting the chili bowl uh this would be my third third time okay i knew i I knew it was close yes i mean this is not something that is a very long history for you necessarily and for those on in our west coast audience who are listening and are familiar with you you're not really a midget guy so to speak a lot of your experience over the past few years has come in sprint cars especially in winged cars I mean this is a little bit different style of racing than you focus on and yet here you are and in just your third try you lock it in I mean this even by your standards I know was really impressive yeah no like you said um I'm not necessarily a, a, a midget guy. Um, you know, I've gotten opportunities to run midgets in the past before, um, but really haven't done a whole lot um, of stuff. You know, Chili Bowl would be the biggest thing for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, I absolutely love the midgets. They're they're great cars. They're fun. They're really a big handful and a kick in the pants to drive. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, I think I said it earlier in the week and – you know, it just kind of helps me um, being diverse. You know, I this this year I ran quite a bit of non-wing races and a lot of wing races and, you know, jumping back and forth between 410s and 360s, wing and non-wing and um, outlaw carts too, and just trying to, uh, to race something every weekend and, um, you know, just trying to be diverse really. Uh, and that really makes it a lot easier for when I do do events like this, kind of one-off, deals or hop in a different type of car it lets me adapt quicker than if you know before when i just strictly ran you know wing 360 stuff um you know just kind of always having to quickly learn and quickly adapt helps out on situations like that talk a little bit about the team you drove for last week uh, because I know this wasn't just a special moment for you this was a special moment for a team that really has never gotten the spotlight at the Chili Bowl either no not not at all um you know they've made an A-Main there before and an A-Main start but um never had locked in never have ran as high as we did there on Saturday night and um you know Dell who who owns the car and his wife Robin? They were absolutely thrilled every time we went on the track, and um, you know I think he's still really, really pumped up, and he's just amazed by all the congratulations and um, you know support from everyone, and you know just him walking around the building and a lot of people telling him good job and stuff like that. He's he's pretty happy and um, he's enjoying it as well. And same with my crew guys, uh, Scott, Mark, and Cole. Jason, Brian, my dad, um, you know, they uh, they worked hard all week, too, and they're just as big a part of the team as I am, and, um, you know, they were all really happy, and I'm sure they're still really happy, and, um, yeah, everyone's pretty excited about it all. That's Morris Motorsports, by the way. Keep eyes on them going forward, and I was glad to get to talk to uh, both of them after the 
preliminary night. Just great people, Chase, and I know uh, that was a big thing for all of you guys to be associated with them. What's next for you? What are we planning on seeing from you in the rest of the 2018 season? I know you've got some sprint car stuff lined up that's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, we'll, I'll be back in the Sean and Cindy Thomas number 68 this coming season, um, and we actually have uh, a new sponsor coming on board, Safecraft Fire Suppression Systems. They've came on board. We actually had an unveiling of the car at PRI at their booth. Um, so, you know, big things in, are going that way with the 68 team. Um, we're going to kind of run the same schedule we did last year. We'll do about a dozen non-wing 410 shows, and um, we'll hit uh, about every show in California with the Outlaws, as well as running King of West and NARC for points um, in the 68 car as well. And then uh, other than that, hope to do a, a little bit more midget racing throughout the year as well, kind of just waiting on things on how they plan out with that. And, um, you know, in the free time, I'll run, you know, our own family car a couple races but my little brother Colby, he'll be running the majority of the stuff for our family team. Um, but we'll do some wing 360 racing there as well. Um, and then also do some outlaw cart racing too with uh, McClish Motorsports. I was going to say I was hoping that we would see you back in the outlaw cart at least on occasion for 2018. I know that's always been really, really close to your heart. And uh, as you referenced earlier, something that uh, though a lot of people maybe in this part of the country wouldn't think it, it really is something that keeps the skill set for the bigger cars very, very sharp because the power to weight ratio and how you have to drive them is still pretty similar. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, it, it is for sure. And, um, yeah, like you said, I enjoy getting back in them. And the McClish Motorsport guys, they're a good group of guys and make things fun. And they've got great equipment, great stuff. And, um, yeah, uh, we'll do that throughout some races through the summertime. And then um, also here in a, a couple weeks and throughout the wintertime here until we get to March, I'll be running the indoor stuff with them as well. Well, I know, Chase, there's a lot of people listening that know your story, and uh, I I won't necessarily take the time to rehash it because we'd be here another half hour, but I will suggest for anybody who has not heard Chase Johnson's story, go to the Race Chaser online SoundCloud channel. There is featured on top of that page the first interview we did with Chase Johnson back in 2015. Highly recommended, as I know Chase would as well. It's a great listen and uh, definitely gives you a lot of insight to how he's gotten to this point, Chase. I know you've also had a lot of sponsors and people that have gotten you to this point. Give a shout out to them before we let you go. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, most of it's my family um, and, you know, the sponsors have really turned into family, if not friends. Um, and, you know, just a lot of good people, uh, really. And, um, you know, you got to just surround yourself with great people and, you know, people that believe in you and believe in what you're doing. Um, and that's really just key on, you know, how I've gotten to where I am today. But, yeah, just, um, you know, big thanks to my family and all the fans out there as well that support me through thick and thin. And, um you know, like you said, uh, most people know my story, but if you don't, go ahead and check on that or um, on my website as well. We got some info there, too. But, um, yeah, just uh, trying to uh, 
go day by day and just uh, have a positive attitude on, you know, my life and everything that I'm given. Amen, brother. You've made a lot of people proud, and we're glad to have you as a friend of this show, glad to have you back on with us, and uh, definitely wishing you the best of luck going into the sprint car season. Uh, give us a reason to get you back on here in a couple months to talk about some wins this year. I know you want to improve on that six mark that you had last year. Yes, exactly. That's the plan for sure. Chase Johnson, uh, again, glad to have him on this edition of Motorsports Madness. And, Steve, I want to use that as a launching point to a couple of the other great surprise stories uh, from this week's Chili Bowl. The one in particular that really impressed me from Friday night's preliminary night was a guy who flipped on his very first lap of practice on Monday. They rebuilt the car, he came back, and he made the A-Main, locked in by finishing third after starting 11th on VacuWorks night when Justin Grant won. But Andrew Felker, out of Missouri, gets the job done in a car that I looked at it Monday. And I asked and said, there's no way you guys are going to fix this. It's not possible. He said it wasn't possible. And yet, there they were. That would have been a great prop bet in Vegas. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it would. To the A main after Monday's practice. Um, that is getting it done. And <laughs> that is uh, that that is a great story from Friday night. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, you had Grant, Baston, and then Felker transferring into Saturday night's A-Main. And Felker broke Casey Kane's heart, too. Kane had that transfer yeah. spot until the very last corner of the very last lap. Not not only uh, not only Casey Kane, but Damian Gardner as well. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and, and think about that, Jacob. The other two drivers behind those guys, Chad Boat and Tim McCready, not uh, not any slouches in the field for sure. No, I was disappointed to see McCready miss the 55 lapper on Saturday. That was a a major bummer because I thought he and the Bondio folks really could have done something if he had been able to get in. Uh, and I guess really, Steve, that lends us to the caliber of guys who missed the show. I mean, Stenhouse, Kane, Gardner, McCready, Cruzman, Shots. Coons, yeah. yeah. Jerry Coons' streak of 14 straight A-main starts gets snapped. Yeah, one of one of the rare occasions where we see that Donnie Schatz is human. Uh, <laughs> didn't even make it out of the D-main on yeah. Saturday. So. And, and you but, know what? And I know this is on a much different level, but right. you know, it, it it does go to show you just just how uh, loaded the, the field is. I mean, 300 and... 40-plus entries. Crazy. 345 by final count, Steve-O. And it's amazing, isn't it, when a nine-time World of Outlaws Craftsman Sprint Car Series champion jumps in a dirt open-wheel car and isn't the preeminent front runner at the top of the grid? And Donnie was Chili Bowl Rookie of the Year last year, too. We all thought he was going to be about a shoe-in to make the A-Main, but that's how tough this year's field was. Well, yes, but guys, think about this, too. I heard this argument this morning, and I really thought about it, and, and it, it makes a lot of sense. The reason this event is so great is because it's prestigious. It's not a huge dollar-to-win show, Correct. but the prestige is way up there. 
And and from the equipment level, Jacob, and you got to see this firsthand, these are drivers who come from the best in their craft all over the gamut of motorsports in, in the country, in the world. And the equipment level, everybody's pretty much on an even playing field. Yes, there's some cars that are going to be a little bit faster than others. Keith Coons. But, <laughs> but as a whole, but as a whole, the the equipment is pretty equal. And and you you go there and see. Okay, I'm I'm pretty much driver to driver here. Yeah. And see yeah. if I can if I can do this. We're gonna step aside, but we're gonna have Steve hang with us for one more segment because when we come back, we are gonna hear from one of the preeminent voices in dirt motorsports broadcasting of the present era who said goodbye during Saturday night's Chili Bowl broadcast and talked with me in a very special and exclusive interview over the week at the Chili Bowl. We'll hear from the legendary Dave Despain when we come back to Motorsports Madness. You're listening to PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World truck teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America, featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orca Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits. HMS representatives are experts in their field and focused on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent ya. Hi, this is John Androsik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. 
You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm John Holloman, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Jacob Seelman alongside Dr. Dirt Steve Ovens, as well as Tom Baker, James Pike, and Cisco Scaramuza on a Monday night talking motorsports. And we continue our Chili Bowl conversation. Before we get to our featured interview in this segment, I want to add, Steve-O, that there's one driver we have not chatted about that deserves 45 or 60 seconds of conversation because he did some amazing things. How about the guy who ran from Maine to Maine to Maine to Maine and went from the L to the K to the J to the I to the almost H? Shane Stewart repping for the Outlaws and passing 30 cars on championship day. Yeah, and I know how much that that had to just eat at him on Saturday. They did not have a great qualifying night, and he knew how far back they were going to have to start yeah. to try and claw their way up through the alphabet soup. And, you know, I, I, I really think that uh, he put forth a, a hell of an effort trying to do so. Uh, but trust me, guys. Good things to come in 2018 for young Mr. Stewart. No, not at all. You not think? with Paul Silva being general manager at Kyle Larson Racing. No. I might I might just pick him again. You never know. <laughs> um, not to tip my hand, but I might be right there with you, Steve. Just saying. And uh, before we go again to our discussion, Tom, I'll add into the Shane Stewart hard charger discussions a call out to Tanner Thorson, who went from the C to the B to the A, and Ryan Bernal, who went from the B to the A and then went from 23rd to 5th. Tanner went from 17th to 4th, mind you, but, you know, those two young guns really did some good work as well. Did Tanner go from the C to the A or the D to the A? C to the A. He won the C. He went from, I think, 15th to 3rd in the B and 17th to 4th in the A. And passed 62 cars total during the week. Yeah, I mean, Tanner certainly put on a show. And, you know, that there again, I just yeah. saw a post on Twitter that basically said, and I'm paraphrasing, this is an era of some of the most versatile driving badassery that we've ever had in dirt track racing. Yes. I think that pretty much I mean, says it all right there. And we Chris had it all Bell, the Chili Bowl. Rico Abreu, Kyle Larson, Tanner Thorson. Need I go on? Well, Donnie no, shot but Shane gosh, Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, Tim McCready. Tim McCready. Yeah. I mean, the, the list is endless, and there are drivers, certainly plenty of drivers, who weren't at the Chili Bowl racing in it who we could throw into that list, Steve. I mean, just an amazing uh, time to be an open-wheel dirt track fan in this country because 
there is so much young talent and still so many of the veterans out there running well also. It, this event is and it, it's it's wild because this has been this has been a prestigious event for a long time Jacob but I think the the popularity is really peaking right now. I mean yes, this has absolutely. been a great event for a long time but now the popularity with it and the TV coverage to, to carry it live and, and the great coverage online all week long. I mean, this is, it's really, this is one of those dirt events where we get to really stand up tall against all the other forms of motorsports that we compete against all year long. Amen. And a shout out to Racing Boys Broadcast Network as well as MAV TV for the work that they put in to televise either via pay-per-view or cable the Chili Bowl all week long, all five days. It'll be six days next year. Whoop, whoop. Excited about that. But uh, before we look ahead to next year's Chili Bowl, we first want to pay tribute to a man who not only is one of my broadcasting heroes, but certainly has been a large, large fixture at the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals ever since the MAV-TV television package came about. The legendary Dave Despain retires after an incredible career, 40 years worth, and... Man, there's not much you can say that hasn't already been said. Trust me, I've tried. I was grateful to get a few minutes to sit down with him in the media room on Friday before the preliminary A-Main to chat with him about some Chili Bowl memories, how he got started, and how pure dumb luck turned into four decades of absolute brilliance. Dave, thank you for Wind Tunnel. Thanks for the memories. This one's for you. Talking with, I'll call him what he is, a legend in broadcasting. Uh, you exaggerate. <laughs> Dave Despain, I'd be remiss if I didn't start by saying thank you for everything you've done for the sport over your tenure. Uh, as you get ready to go into this last hurrah, Chili Bowl Saturday, uh, why this race first? Why this race to say goodbye? Well, actually, I don't get the credit for that. The MAV-TV people do. Um, my deal was up at the end of the year, and they were nice enough to invite me out um, just to do a little farewell party. So, um, you know, I've, I've, I've heard stories over the years of a lot of guys' retirement parties. I would argue that I'm about to have the best <laughs> retirement party anybody's ever had or could even imagine. You've done this for several years since it came to MAV-TV. In your eyes, what makes the Chili Bowl such a special event? The fact that the people who do this do it for the passion and not for the money. Uh, let's face it, it doesn't pay much to win um, in dollars, <laughs> but it pays a whole lot in prestige and, and satisfaction and pride and, and all those other things that are the reason people do this kind of racing um, you know if you're going to race to get rich you're not going to do it on dirt you're not going to do it in a midget but ask any one of those people sitting up there in that perpetually sold out grandstand and they know the answer to the question why for you when you look back on everything you've done i know the story of how you got started as you call it yourself is kind of dumb luck but uh you know when you think back on it, what are some of the special moments for you that you've had over the course of this? I get asked that a lot, and there are so many. Um, you know, it's, it's 
where, where do you start? Yeah. Certainly seeing Jeff Gordon come up was, uh, that's pretty high on the list. Um, and I'll feel the same way about Kyle Larson, you know, when he's Jeff's age and ready to, ready to retire. I suppose more than anything else, that's it. It's not so much events, although I've seen so many great races and so many great finishes, but it's the people, you know. Everybody says that, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. Um, those kinds of people um, are something very, very special, and the things that they achieve and the, the ability to do it, the motivation to do it, all the things that make those guys tick, that's what fascinates me about racing as much as the you know loud, fast, and dangerous. We all like that. Take me back to the beginning. I know uh, I'm sure you talk about the story of how it all got started uh, many times over, but uh, it, it really is just fascinating how all the pieces came together. Yeah, just dumb luck. I mean, it, it really was that. Um, I was working for the motorcycle sanctioning body. I had worked in a little radio station in Iowa when I was a kid. Uh, went to Daytona for the Daytona 200 in 1975. Wide World of Sports showed up at the last minute to televise the race, and they didn't have a motorcycle analyst. And so the, my boss, you know, an amazing, with an amazing straight face, looked at the producer and said, you should use our guy. He's got a lot of electronic media experience. You know, 250-watt daytime radio station. Uh, the producer looked at me and said, okay, go down on pit road, look in the camera, and in 45 seconds tell somebody who doesn't know anything about motorcycle racing why they should watch the Daytona 200. And I thought, well, I can do that. Um, so I go down and then the, composed it in my head in the time it took us to get down there. And it went something like, you know, today an international field of jockey-sized athletes have gathered here at this legendary Daytona International Speedway, hurtling around the high banks faster than Richard Petty, protected only by a thin layer of cowhide and a space-age crash helmet. <laughs> you, you really got to watch this. And it was 43 and a half seconds. And the guy went, well, you're hired. So my very first television show was at that time the most important sports television show in the world. So, I mean, I don't know how else to explain that other than just dumb luck. You've watched this event come all the way from the beginning. Do you have a favorite Chili Bowl memory? Well, I tell everybody it was the one when Schrader spun out in front of the field and, <laughs> and screwed up what might have been one of the best races in history, but I just do that to torment him. Uh, I, You know, it, it's again there's so many but i think i i think probably given everything that's gone since probably clausen's win followed followed closely by rico over clausen and rico yeah. jumping off the car into yeah. into bc's arms those were both pretty special what do you take away from everything you've done in the sport what what lesson or you know what is it that you just take away and and keep with you as you go into retirement it's eternal. I mean, everybody talks about the problems. I come out of the motorcycle dirt track world every year. Everybody in that world finds reasons to complain about how horrible things are going, although lately they're going better. Um, there's a tremendous amount of negativity in the racing world if you just kind of brush the surface. And yet year after year, we kept coming back mm -hmm. and we fixed the little problems and we beat on the big problems and, and we have more fun than the law should allow. Yeah. And we look at each other when it's all done and smile and think, man, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be anywhere else tonight. And let's be honest, 
you say you're retiring, but in this sport, I think we all know none of us ever really retire. Yeah, you, yeah I mean, you know, the, the obligation to be there is what goes away. But nobody yeah. ever goes away. You, yeah, you know, now you have the option of going where you want as opposed to where the contract says you need to go, and that's huge. And the other thing for me is the ability to take off on my motorcycle and not have a return by date, you know, mm-hmm. be able to do open-ended kinds of, of things. And then, you know, when I get back, decide, okay, well, what race do I want to go to next? That's pretty good. That's a pretty good payoff for 40 years of doing this. It's a big payoff, and uh, you've earned every bit of it, Dave. Uh, congratulations, and best of luck. Well, I appreciate it. Good luck with the show. Thanks. It doesn't get any better than that, does it, Tom? Really? No, it really doesn't. You know, uh, as long as I've been in and around the sport, you try not to get too emotional about things because you realize that, you know, time marches on and things happen, good things, bad things, and you try to just kind of stay in the middle. But I have to admit that when I heard the news that Dave Despain was calling it quits after this past weekend at the Chili Bowl, I got a little emotional because Dave Despain is truly one of my heroes in the business and I think Dave is not only the originator of the perfect motorsports style of broadcasting but I'll always remember him for his Thursday night thunder rants yes and nobody has been able to not only replicate it there's Dave Despain and nobody else is still on the track ding Steve, always fun to have you on here too, buddy. Thanks for your input on Chili Bowl 2018. And as Brian Holbert said on Facebook, is it Chili Bowl 2019 yet? I'm holding up a bottle of water, and cheers to you, Dave Despain. Thank you. Absolutely. We're going to step aside, and when we return our lightning round here on PMN, you're listening to Motorsports Madness. We'll be right back. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. 
It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Modified driver Matt Hirschman, you're listening to Motorsports Madness on the Performance Motorsports Network. There's a guy that if they ever brought Thursday Night Thunder back, some of the modified races that go on midweek, Matt Hirschman could make a killing off Thursday Night Thunder. Yeah, if they put the modifieds on, yeah, absolutely. You know what? It's a division that would fit the bill, certainly. I know that much. Welcome to Motorsports Madness, or welcome back, that is. Our lightning round white flag segment, Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, James Pike, and Cisco Scaramuza. We'll get to the lightning round in just a second. But first, Tom, uh, after hearing from Dave Despain, I know you had a couple more thoughts. Uh, one specifically to one of his, the very early people he worked with in his career, Keith Jackson, who was a big part of those days. Well, yeah... And, of course, Keith Jackson, not necessarily known for being a motorsports announcer. He's He was known, Keith Jackson, of course, passing away uh, at the age of 89 over the weekend. And Keith was mostly known for college football, but he was one of the earlier NASCAR race callers when it was on Wide World of Sports on ABC. And I believe it was Keith who actually called the pass in the grass as well. Uh, with Dale Earnhardt and Bill Elliott back in the day at Charlotte. And Keith Jackson, much like Dave Despain, the same type of gentle, fan-first approach to broadcasting. And for those of us who grew up in the 70s and 80s, to listen to Keith Jackson, whether he was calling a race or calling a football game, whatever it may be, was just pure joy. His voice, his inflection, his style, and his catchphrases like hunkered down and, oh, we got a gully washer now when a game would get out of control uh, and one team would, would start piling it on. You know, just an amazing master of his craft like Despain was. And so I look at what happened over the last few days and say, that the sports broadcasting world lost two of their legends over the weekend. One to retirement and one went home to be with the Lord. We will miss yeah. Keith Jackson and our condolences to uh, all of those who knew and loved Keith. He was one of the all-time greats. Yes, he was. Not only the pass in the grass, but another notable was Richard Petty's third Daytona 500 victory yes. back in 1971. Yep. Uh, another very special one that I believe ended up on Wide World of Sports yep. as well. So, uh, yeah, Keith, 
certainly going to be missed. Uh, the 1990 Monaco Grand Prix comes to mind, actually the last auto racing broadcast that he did with Jackie Stewart. Oh, wow. Um, now, see, I didn't remember that, that yep. he called a, a Monaco race. Yep, I can so see that, though. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, even called the first Monday night football game yes, way back when in the 70s. Yep. So, yeah, a lot of great moments for Keith. I've, I'll listen to some of those tapes endlessly because I just like listening to Keith talk. Yeah, very but, articulate. And, again, you know, sometimes it's bigger than our sport. Keith yes, was a part of yes. our sport coming kind of in and out, but uh, not a study part of it, but still deserves to be mentioned uh, for what he did in our sport and in sports in general. Uh, and as I said, well, I'll miss, uh, well, I'll miss Keith. I've missed Keith's voice since he retired a few years yes, ago. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So let's move in now into our lightning round. Let's do it. And I'm going to ask the first question, and I'm going to let the three of you deal with it because <laughs> uh -oh. I don't have an answer yet, quite frankly. Question one, who gets the charter from the 27 car? James. I absolutely have no clue. Openly will admit. Cisco, any ideas? Any at all? Um, me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you started a team. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. That's that's about as much know, that I know about that. Tom, anything? Uh, no, actually, we. I mean, we talked earlier about the fact that uh, we wondered now with GoFast making the deal with the Wood Brothers if maybe GoFast would go after another charter. But I, I would think I don't know. Sense. I mean, I, I don't know where. I don't know where it goes because I don't know who still needs a charter. I, I do know that there is one at Front Row Motorsports that they leased last year. They can't do anything with it now, but they have, put it this way, they have three charters and two teams. Now, you said maybe they will um, they will go ahead and lease one of their other charters to uh, the 37 team since... Not the 37 or the, team. Uh, it's the 72 team, TriStar. That's right, TriStar, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, because that's what they did last year yep. with, with the one charter. So, you know, maybe that happens, but it's it, I, this is going to be interesting because I just don't know if there's as much of a demand... For the charters, I don't know how many new teams are actually coming in, though I did hear that uh, maybe some limited starts out of the GMS Stable and Cup. We heard that last year, so and my we'll response see. is, I'll believe it when I, when see, I it. see it. Yep, I heard yep. Super Speedways, so we'll see. That would be fun. Speaking of limited Super Speedway starts, Brendan Gaughan is going to be back with Beard Motorsports, so we know he's going to at least make four Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series starts this year in an aside. Second lightning round question, <laughs> and this one's kind of open-ended, but I feel, like it, I feel like it's warranted. After he's won the Chili Bowl now for the second time, He's 12 out of his last 15 starts in a national midget. He's had five truck wins, a truck championship, an Xfinity win, an ARCA win. He's moving to Xfinity with Joe Gibbs Racing. Is there anything that Christopher Bell can't do at this point? I'm not sure he can cook, but I'm not sure that's also where your question's going. Other than that, in terms of driving a race car, Cisco, I'm not really... 
going to say there's anything he couldn't master. I think Chris is an incredibly versatile and talented driver, and I think given the opportunity to get comfortable in any type of car, I think he goes out and finds a way to win with it. Well, plainly, Tim, obviously, or Tim, Tom. Just don't call me late for dinner. Edit that in post, edit that in post. Um, (laughs) Plainly, he won't be able to drive an F1 car because there aren't any good enough American drivers to drive F1 cars. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Exactly. We should come to that. We should come to that. My answer will be Chris Bell can do a lot of things, but for all of his talents, he can't find a way to make the bloody Oklahoma men's football team not choke away a lead in a big ball game. Well, they need to sign him to play quarterback, I think. Or Georgia I mean, for that matter. Really? <laughs> no, no, no. That's that was that was them being stupid and getting cute with the play calls and going conservative when you have the Heisman Trophy winning. This is a racing show. Ball. But I digress. Yes. All right. Part B to that question. How quickly does Chris Bell win his first Xfinity race this year? Tom. Uh, Daytona. Really? Yep. You think he comes right out yep. of the box and wins it? Why not? <laughs> He's on a roll. I think JGR is going to win them all. <laughs> They're not going to go 33 for 33. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, maybe 30. James. Um, my gut says Vegas, so I'm going to go Vegas. Cisco. Is Vegas the first mile and a half they hit? No, and the first mile and a half they hit is my pick because it's, say, a, because it's Atlanta. Atlanta. And it, it's, yeah, it's I was going to say Atlanta. And he, yeah, he won the truck race there truck last, race year. last oh, year. Oh, yeah. by the way. Next lightning round question. Which Toyota is the first to win in the Cup Series this year? James. I'm a lean Kaibu. I'm going to lean Kaibu. Something tells me he gets Atlanta this year. Tom got confused. I looked at you expecting you to answer first. Oh, well, you got to call a name here. Okay, sorry. Until somebody does it before Martin Truex, I'm going with Martin Truex. I mean, I think that's that's the wise pick here. Okay, Cisco. Yeah, Martin Truex for a thousand, Alex. Thank you. Nah. Nah, that'd be too easy. You know what? I'm picking the Toyota that's already won a Daytona 500 and saying he's going <laughs> to win. <laughs> and say- <laughs> wow, okay, Cisco. That's an actual pick. Yeah, I have an actual pick. I'm picking the Toyota that's all- that already knows how to win a Daytona 500 because he did no. it before. Denny Hamlin. No, not going to happen. Not I gonna made happen. an actual pick, too. So I resent that. I mean, how, how are you not making I'm actual sure, picks? Because Martin Drex is the cop out, I think is yeah. Well, but saying. I mean, you want me to lie and just pick somebody? You didn't say besides Truex. <laughs> no, I didn't or say besides Truex. Truex. But I, mean, I honestly don't think Truex is going to be the I, Truex has had horrible luck at the plate track races. If I'm not saying. mistaken, I think Truex won more races than all of Joe Gibbs Racing last year. Yes, correct. Anyway, <laughs> I fun, rest my case, Jacob. Fun, final lightning round question, and really quickly. Does Fernando Alonso win the Rolex 24 in a couple of weeks, James? I would like to think so, but I'm not convinced that the rest of that team is strong enough to get it done. So, unfortunately, I'll say no. But he'll be quick. Lando Norris is so much better than anybody gives him credit for. Just saying. Cisco. No, because the racing gods won't let him have his triple crown. <laughs> oh, this is true. Oh, yeah, I guess the Cisco has a real point. Tom, 
Well, see, that the problem is there's other drivers involved. I think Fernando will do his part, but no, I don't believe he does for exactly what James said. I just don't think the team itself is strong Lando enough. Lando Norris is very, very good, and Phil Hansen is a longtime veteran. I'm sorry. I believe that team, if they don't win, will at least finish on the podium. I believe that team is that talented. My story, It'll be a mechanical thing. I'll tell you yeah, that. No, I, I feel be. like they're going to Toyota at Le Mans all over again. Yeah, fair enough. All right, on that note, we're going to get out of here. Special thanks to Chase Johnson again for joining us on this show tonight. And I want to give a special thanks to Brian Holbert, Emmett Hahn, all the staff at the Chili Bowl Nationals for uh, their hospitality in Tulsa this past weekend. Had a great time hopefully ready to go back already for Chili Bowl 2019. Mike Garrity, our social media partners at Three Wide Life, who also helped get get me to the Chili Bowl over the last week, as well as Bob Steele, Susan Mason, Bill Holt behind the glass, and the folks at PMN that make this show possible. So for Tom Baker, James Pike, Steve Oven, Cisco, Scaramuza, and all the rest of our staff, I'm Jacob Seelman reminding you to keep it off the wall, and we might just see you at the racetrack. Folks, have a safe racing week till we meet again. You've been listening to Motorsports Madness with the Race Chaser Online crew. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. Motorsports Madness is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network, www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section in the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-hosts, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the madness returns on Monday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, keep it off the wall and keep the shiny side up.